0: Good to go With
1: with more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you, direct and live. Yes, sir. Here we go. Hour two has begun. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance Go! The home team. They are your home team. Yes, we did spend about oh 40 minutes. Of the first hour. Talking about um, football, looking at games, kind of hitting the high points, turning the page, looking ahead of the weekend, matchups, so-and-so. forth. didn't get to all of them, and we could do some of that. And then we spent, you know, not including commercials, about ten minutes going over two historical notes in the television world. Both the Cosby Show and Who's the Boss began and aired and premiered on the same day, on this day, back in 1984. (laughs) See what I mean? Get a little bit of everything. And I'm totally okay with that. I'm totally all right with it. (laughs) Ghost Pepper even texted us on the country-pleasing text line during that conversation about who's the boss at 885-3776. And he said, I wanted to marry Alyssa Milano in the fourth grade. That's so what I'm saying. Everybody was in love with her until you grow up and find out she's crazy. And I don't mean like Patsy Klein crazy. I'm talking cuckoo for cocoa puffs. But hey, but hey, bless her heart. See, that's what you can, that's what you do in the South. In the southeastern United States, you can basically say whatever you want about somebody as long as you say bless their heart. That's the ugliest baby I've ever seen. Bless his heart. <laughs> I mean, really, this—there there it is. And then one other uh, note on the TV thing, and then moving on from that. I just have to bring this up. I don't know who it is. An unnamed texter said, I love that Elton John song, Hold Me Closer, Tony Danza. That's <laughs> a good one right there. <laughs> Uh, that's a good one. So anywhere y'all want to go here in this hour is cool with me. we got to talk some football, and that's all coming up. Uh, of note, if you're watching on the live stream on Facebook or on YouTube, hate to you, and feel free to drop in a comment right there. And if you do, it pops up on the Murray West live thread, and we can bring it in here on the show. MurrayWest.com It's a contract embroidery company here in Mississippi since 1996 they do the best work you're going to find. And they need to go to their website, see who they're dealing with. You'll see what we're talking about here. Uh, whatever it is you need, regardless of size, now they can handle it. Go to murraywest.com. It's M U R R Y West.com. murraywest.com. Scroll to the bottom. Look at some of the, you know, Ole Miss, Ole Miss Athletics, Gentile, some of the companies that they have, you know, done work for. They can help you, your company, your business, your brand, your church, your. You know, whatever it is, uh, your team, you have stuff you need. Custom apparel, embroidery, hats, shirts, clothing, anything. Here in Mississippi, it doesn't matter. I'm talking statewide. It doesn't matter where you are here in Mississippi. That's where you need to go. Trust me. Shop there first. You'll see what I mean. That's murraywest.com. M-U-R-R-Y west.com. Mark commented on the murray west live thread and said must see tv in the 80s was cheers somebody shared last night the uh final scene of cheers after it was going off the air and they were like why do these shows that go off after a long time you know can can pull you in emotionally why do they do that but that one certainly did uh for sure jimmy commented on the murray west live thread and said here is my prediction for saturday He says it's going to be a really good day for college football lovers. A lot of good games spaced out where you can watch them. I mean, this is really, it it is true, isn't it? Like, you get into week four, and just the way the schedule sets up. Now, a minute ago, I kind of hit on some of the the top 25 games. Um, Michigan plays at 11. Florida State Clemson is at 11. Oklahoma Cincinnati is at 11 a.m. Now, I'm sure there's some others, but there's just some examples, okay, of teams that are on at 11 a.m. The 2.30 time slot, okay, it's Ole Miss at Alabama, 2.30. There's another one, too, here. Hang on. See, look, (laughs) at the same time on CBS, you're going to get Ole Miss at Alabama. Same exact time on ABC, you're getting Colorado at Oregon. Now, don't you think the ratings for that one and the viewership for that one's going to kind of dwarf the Alabama Ole Miss? Really? Think about that now. I mean, as crazy as it sounds, two years ago somebody would have taken your temperature if you said something like that. But now, I mean, look. Prime in Colorado at 230. 19th-ranked Colorado at 10th-ranked Oregon. They're both 3-0. It's on ABC at 230. Opposite, directly opposite CBS, who will be carrying... Alabama and Ole Miss at t- same time slot. Sure. And and as the games, those two games go on, depending on score, like will dictate sort of like who's watching what, right? Like you let one of them be a blowout and the other one be closed, and everybody'll switch to the close one. But it's it's odd to say, but I really think, especially initially at kickoff at 2 30, I think there will be more eyeballs watching. Colorado and Oregon, then we'll watch Ole Miss and Alabama. Not that that number will be small. That's just what I'm thinking. And 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 those who are really serious that don't already have two TVs are going to be figuring out a way to do that. Probably this weekend. Somebody who I would bet—I don't know this—I don't know that he does, but I would bet that he has more than one television for watching ball games on a fall Saturday. And he'll be opening those arms and putting them together like this, doing the chomp. Gator Greg, on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. Greg, thanks for calling. What's up?
0: Mr. Wyatt, uh, just to follow up on that interesting talk that you have there, it kind of shows a little, you know, as far as the broadcasting and some of the broadcast assignments, you're a broadcaster. Let's Let's talk about it. You see CBS kind of basically transitioning to the Big Ten yeah. on uh, CBS with uh, Penn, Penn State and Iowa in the whiteout game in prime time, and Ole Miss and Alabama in the SEC game in the daytime. Some of, just some of the fascinating things you talk about. And then that game is going on at the same time. We got Mr. Blackledge and, and Noah Eagle at Ohio State and Notre Dame. That game, you know, and it's, it's interesting, Colorado and Oregon uh, being at 230 – not having uh, Herb Street and Fowler on, you know, what you would think maybe nationally other than the Buckeyes and, and, and Notre Dame is the game of the week. And yeah. they're at LSU and, uh, and Arkansas, and it's only because LSU wants to play at night that that game wouldn't have been 2.30. And then you would have thought Colorado at Oregon It's just, you know, how that deal works out where ESPN and Fox rotate that Pac-12 uh, deal. That would have been a primetime game. But I'm going to predict – if Colorado beats uh, Oregon, next week you'll have that uh, Colorado-USC game. It'll be on Fox, it'll be prime time, mm-hmm. and that'll be the biggest game. Of course, you got a great matchup, and I was hoping you get to speak to uh, either Mr. Hard or uh, Mr. Kublik uh, to preview Mississippi State, South Carolina. That's going to be on the same time, and as you as a broadcaster, uh, I had to ask you, this is what I had to call and ask you. Did you stay up? I know you're... I know uh, the homecoming queen has you in bed at 9 o'clock, Mr. White or 10 o'clock. <laughs> did yeah. you stay up and watch any of Colorado? I'd be surprised if you – you might have watched a little bit, but I don't see you hanging in to 1.30 in the morning watching, although that game had just about everybody going. Even the beaver probably was up watching that. But Mr. Wyatt you did a great job. See if you can get Mr. Kublick and one of the guys on. Let's talk about Mississippi State, South Carolina. You have a great day.
1: Appreciate it, Greg. Good suggestion and good good topic. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about the fact that. So this Colorado Oregon game, it's at 2:30 on ABC, but because it's not at night, you don't have Fowler and Herb Street. So who will they have then? Some of y'all probably know. Some of y'all probably know the assignments. I I don't know. So, you know, it's a look. I'm just gonna say it like it is. Okay my opinion, it's a real shame that Gus Johnson can't just hop network to network and just follow Colorado around. You give me prime coaching, Shadur playing quarterback, Travis Hunter back on the field healthy, and Gus Johnson in the booth, instant entertainment. Instant entertainment. It's a shame. I don't know who would be doing uh, the 230 game on ABC. Who will that be? Tyga confirming you got Fowler and Herb Street doing the LSU game. Man, listen. Um, all right, how do you say this? Got to be reminded if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Well, here's just an honest observation. They need to get Kirk Herb Street off of that Thursday night. NFL game on Amazon Prime alongside Al Michaels. I mean, and I know that Al Michaels is not like he was 20 years ago, obviously. And he's kind of, you know, slowed down a little bit. And, you know, he doesn't get as ramped up in certain moments of the game for a touchdown or something as some people want him to. But Al Michaels has earned the right to slow down and still do the games a little bit if he wants to. Al Michaels' voice, when he says welcome to wherever he is – is automatic goosebumps NFL. Okay, he he's the kind of voice that the NFL (laughs) you know deserves to have in its games. For Pete's sake, just let him do them by himself. If, you know, they're gonna let me just say (laughs) I watched the one the other night on Thursday night. It was obvious that, number one, Kirk Herbstreit could not have been less interested in being there doing that than he was. It just couldn't have been more obvious. It also couldn't have been more obvious that he really, every now and then he'll pull out the telestrator and do a good thing, but, man, it's certainly not enough of it. And people can complain about, you know, a Chris Collinsworth, all they want to, and he's NFL. And here's the deal. Okay, I'm talking from the perspective I don't get to watch – a ton of college games because I work on the radio crew for Mississippi State. I'm there every Saturday, home or away. Even when I'm watching games, a lot of times if it's in the booth, it'll be on my computer, I don't have the sound on. And then if I do go back and rewatch them, I always turn the sound off because I don't need it at that point. Right? So I'm not consuming a lot of college games and college broadcasters like you guys get to. I watch and consume a lot of NFL football in the broadcast, and I know kind of what it's supposed to look and sound like and what is good and what isn't. And when you look at, like, a Romo calling those games and a Collinsworth calling those games with Tarico on Sunday nights, you can complain about this or that, but here's what you never lack. You never lack interest. You never lack investment in the, the game and the teams, excitement and energy, and, and you get it, okay? Collinsworth could be calling a game with the last two ranked, you know, the two worst teams in the NFL, and you're still going to get that this dude spent the week with them and had a blast learning about all these players and what they're doing and what their backstory is. He does a great job all that. Calls the game. Constant analysis. Man, I watch Herbie. It's like, it sounds like he didn't sleep the night before, and he flew in there that day and knows nothing about those teams he's watching. It's as bland and as vanilla and as milk toast. Get him off of there. Just let Al do it by himself. <laughs> just saying it. I'm just saying it. It's almost not fair to Herb Street because in his career, he's been so good and so tied to and plugged into college football. A lot of people say, you know, his face, his voice sort of is college football. All these years of game day. I get all that, you know, and whether you like how he does analysis or not, you watch a college game, he's really plugged in, I I feel like, you know, and he's great on the telestrator, and he knows what's going on. He's quick with it. It's like he's invested in college. When he does that Thursday night NFL game, it is it, it couldn't be more obvious that that dude is flying in there to pick up a check and get out of there. <laughs> and I just think the NFL is a better product than that. All right, there you go. Rant over. I guess you didn't know you were getting that one. Okay, Greg, what was the question? <laughs> see, Greg, if you're listening, you may have to call back and start all over again and get me back on track of what it was you wanted to know. Um, so Colorado and Oregon, opposite Alabama, Ole Miss, the same time, two different networks, and I don't know who's calling on ABC, but see, that's a thing. Like when you go, this phenomenon of, uh. Colorado in prime right now, what it is and what it's doing, it's incredible. It's like nobody cares who's broadcasting it. Just tell me what time they're on. You let that game mess around and be close, everybody in the country is going to be watching that. Um, Yeah, South Carolina and states at 6.30. Okay. Um, We were talking about the lineup. Primetime deal. 6.30 NBC, so all the networks are really getting into it. So 6.30 on NBC, home game, obviously, for Notre Dame. Ninth-ranked Notre Dame, sixth-ranked Ohio State. What Greg mentioned was at the same time Saturday night, 6.30, when Ohio State, Notre Dame start, also Iowa at Penn State begins on CBS. So CBS that day is going to transition from 2.30 Alabama Ole Miss right on into Happy Valley, Penn State, probably having a whiteout out hosting Iowa on CBS six. Excuse me, 6.30 that night. The late, late, late stuff is on Fox. 9.30 p.m. on Fox, 9.30 our time, is USC at Arizona State. And that's that's one that, why would you stay up to watch that when you already know USC is going to beat them by 40 points before they even show up? Uh, all right, and then the other SECs, we didn't necessarily look at the end right you got auburn and texas a&m that is at 11 a.m so i'll be honest with you you know like michigan playing somebody they're gonna whip maybe another top 25 team playing at 11 truthfully on espn at 11 o'clock the the auburn and texas a&m game are really a much more interesting 11 a.m game Uh, auburn's 3 and 0 don't you think if auburn wins that one this week at texas a&m especially if it looks good they may rank them don't you think they might rank them I mean, it is Auburn. They would be 4-0. and They blew out UMass, won on the road at Cal, blew out Sanford. And if they win at Texas A&M and go 4-0 and with two road wins, both road wins would be on the road at Power Fives. They'll rank them, won't they? So Auburn's, you know, I say ranked. Who cares, really? But they will. So they got an opportunity this weekend. Also at 11 on the SEC Network, Vandy hosting Kentucky. Vandy's two and two. You know, we're talking last week because they were at UNLV, and I think Vandy was actually maybe even favored in that game, and so they had a real chance to go three and one, but they lost. So they are two and two. Uh, Kentucky's three and oh, that's eleven o'clock. Uh, mentioned to you already that at three on the SEC Network, Tennessee tries to bounce back by hosting UTSA. Other games: Greg's Gators after beating Tennessee. They're on the Plus. You can watch them on ESPN Plus. Florida's going to host Charlotte, 6 o'clock Saturday night. Uh, Georgia's going to host UAB. Mention that one. Oh, yeah. 630 on ESPNU. Memphis versus Missouri. They're playing it in St. Louis. The Dome at America's Center in St. Louis. Weather won't matter. And, of course, uh, State and South Carolina, 630 as well on the SEC Network. So it really is, to who, to whoever whomever said that, it really is a full day of uh, – of TV games you know like good good slots flip around you hadn't had that yet you know, you've had a lot of some games but not a lot of them. Uh, this weekend you can watch it on ESPN plus Jackson State's going to host Bethune Cookman. That's a six o'clock kick at uh, Mississippi Veterans Memorial Stadium and again if you can't be there you can watch it on ESPN plus. Uh, Jackson State really struggled last week went on the road to Texas State and gave up 77 points. Seventy-seven, thirty-four 34 loss of Jackson State's 2-2. Two and two, and Great chance to bounce back uh, here this weekend. Valley goes to North Carolina Central. And then Alcorn is going to host Prairie View. Alcorn is 1-2 trying to pick up their first SWAC win. Well, it's actually Alcorn's first SWAC game. So a little bit of a look at the games. All right. Back over to the text line. The country-pleasing text line. 885-3776. Res Dog says, "Why not give Mike Wright an entire series?" And that is a good question. You know, I don't, I don't really know how to answer it. Uh, Res Dog is like you say, "Why not?" So from the, they haven't done that yet, and to the reasons why they wouldn't have done that yet, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. And you know, it. it I really believe it has to be that the way they have designed and coached this offense, that at this point they believe that they need Will Rogers out there for the majority of the plays if they got a chance to go up and down the field. I think that's, that must be how they feel about it. Um, but if you go on and you see more and more of what you saw this past week, which is like miscommunication and busting your offensive line and run game and pass game, you're going to get in a situation where something's got to spark. And a guy who can run and maybe make up for some mistakes may be what you just have to lean on. And if somebody turns it over more than Will does, whatever you may say, live with it. So I don't know. You know, it's like you just you got to keep going and get more information before you can decide to sort of get out of what you've planned on already, I guess. State grad '98 Texas show said he'd love for Wright to enter the game at some point and throw a sure enough bomb, and it'll happen at some point. Kid can throw the ball. I've told you that. You know, numbers are just numbers, really, but I mean, they are an indicator sometimes. And at Vanderbilt in two years, or across two years, he started 20 games. Okay, so 10 one year, 10 the next. So 20 games across two years. In 20 games, he threw for 2,000 yards and had a touchdown-to-interception ratio of 2-to-1. He had 20 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. So he averaged a touchdown a game, and he averaged an interception every other game. So, no, he didn't light the woods on fire throwing a ball, but it actually was more than a little effective if you put a team around him. So it's not like he can't throw the ball. He can. And again, I just think they probably have lots of different things they can do and would do But these last two weeks, you have not run very many plays. 56 against Arizona in overtime. 50 last week against um, LSU when the game was out of hand at the first time out, it seemed like. So, I just don't know that they had a chance to really get it into it and kind of break out some of those things they can do this year yet. Honestly. I could be wrong, but that's how it looks to me. Rolling along with you here on a Wednesday in the Bureau. Stick around. All right, back with you. The man, Gator Greg, reminded me what it was he was mentioning. And by the way, he did tell me, too, that so since Herb Street and Fowler are going to be calling the LSU and Arkansas game Saturday night, that you have uh, Jesse Palmer and Joe Tessitore doing Colorado, Oregon at 2.30 on ABC. Now, his question was, did I stay up last week (laughs) for Colorado, Colorado State? And the answer is no, I did not. Um, You know, I I go to bed early. I haven't always done that, but I do now for lots of years now. I I go to bed early uh, in general, and I, I do. Even when I don't go to bed early, I still get up early. That's uh, just what I do. I can't sleep past usually four four thirty in the morning, and uh, I hop up. I get a lot done before the rest of the world wakes up. It feels like. So, Saturday we had an eleven a.m. game at Startwell for us, so it sort of fit the early schedule. I was up early, hit the road early, get to campus early. Of course, you get home early too. Now I got around home around, you know, I guess dinner time, whatever it is, supper time. But that game didn't kick off till ten p.m. around here. And I did want to see it, but I couldn't stay up for that. No, much as I wanted to. It's not doing it. That's not TV watching time. That's watching the back of my eyelids time. And so I caught replays and scores and all this stuff in the next morning. And then, you know, I, it would probably be different, Greg, if, if I didn't have YouTube. Or like the on-demand feature on one of the TV apps or something. You know, like if I didn't have that and if I missed it, I just missed it. Well, then I'd figure out a way to probably stay up for it. But I don't have to. So, but by virtue of having access to on-demand, I just went on to bed. <laughs> I think there's probably some others did that too. It's still like, it's a huge audience for that. Now, and I will say this too. We'll, we'll see at the end of the year how it all plays out. But at a time when kind of across the board, there's like a waning interest, a little bit of a waning interest in, and this is what I mean, like the in-stadium attendance at most schools around the country continues to slide, just continue to slide down. It's like, it's not this, it's not a water slide. It's just a gradual slope. And it's been doing that for years. And it's still continuing at most places around the country. Just a slide off, continuing to gradually decline of in-stadium attendance. Um, and even over the years, your viewership for things like your playoff and and stuff has gone down. And anyway, what's happening is you do, if you'll notice, you do have some media out here. It's only week two, week three. We're about to hit week four. But they'll pull out Colorado as the example and go, see, the interest is up for college football. Well, I mean, that's Colorado. That's this one. we never seen anything like Colorado. And because of the portal and a guy like Prime, you know, he because of him and his son and flipping that roster, and they've turned out to actually be good. Well, and he's instant entertainment. He just is. He's a story. He's like the story. But you can't use that in the fact that, oh, look, Colorado's selling tickets and it didn't used to. Well, I, I mean, you think everybody else is going through that? No. So let's get to the end of the year, and we'll look at all the numbers. And I'm sure that some of our media folks will try to spin it one way or the other, but you know, if we can just kind of get a hold of the numbers when the year's over, I think I'll be really interested to see what it says. I really will. All right, let's see what we have. On the Murray West live thread, go to murraywest.com, contract embroidery, custom apparel, that's where you go. You need your logo on something? Right there. MurrayWest.com, M-U-R-R-Y. Will says on the Murray West live thread, it might be Tessitore. Yep, for the ABC game. That's him. That's him. What Blind Squirrel say here? It wouldn't hurt my feelings to hear little Tom Petty the next time Gator Greg is on the line. Oh, instead of the Gator Chomp, here, I won't back down. Is that what you want? That's a good suggestion. We're going to have to do that. Now, Jimmy, you're right. I mean, Danielson is doing the CBS game. This is the final year of the SEC on CBS. Goes away after this year. And, you know, we've had it forever. Love the song. I'll be honest with you. When I hear that, I think of Vern Lundquist and Gary Danielson. And, like, I think of... Like Tebow, and then Cam, and then Johnny Manziel, and like Dak, and some of that. That's what I think of. And, and I'm still when CBS came into town to do that Mississippi State and Auburn game in 2014, when they were number two and State was number three, and it was 2:30 CBS, and Vernon and Gary there. And, I, I have never seen that place like that before or since. And you blinked, and State was up twenty-one nothing in that ballgame. That was pretty, pretty doggone incredible. I am actually going to be sad to see it go away. I am. I understand the financials; those people know what they're doing. You know, I guess you just whatever. They've taken the entire SEC product, all of it, and just said, "Here you go ESPN. It's you. It's all you." <laughs> Just me and you. I'm not seeing anybody else. And over the years, look, that CBS deal, the fact that, you know, ESPN's a cable deal, CBS always a big broadcast network deal. They got the first pick every weekend. It was the time slot to be in. It was, and part of the reason is, you know, they had the operation, but much better product overall than most of the games that are popping up on ESPN. Like, we're seeing them on ESPN, but it's like watching a movie on CBS and the camera angles and the way they did it. It It's just everything was better. And it was really good for the SEC and really good for the product during a time of exponential growth. They were a big part of it. And, you know, nobody owes anybody anything. They negotiate contracts, and they'll be fine, And I guess. And and maybe uh, the SEC will too. But I hate to see it go. I do. I hate to see it go. Let's see. What else we got right here? Murray West live thread. Ryan says, what do he say? It's on the Tennessee-Florida Coach O's picks video, but O's energy is Well, so who did he pick? I didn't see this, but Ryan, who did Coach Ogeron pick? Orgeron, I should say. Who did Coach Orgeron pick prior to Tennessee and Florida? I'd love to know if he actually picked Florida. Will says the NBC deal with Notre Dame and Ohio State this weekend is going to be Noah Eagle and Todd Blackledge. I like Todd Blackledge. What about y'all? I think he does a good job. We're talking about Herb Street on Thursday night. Ryan said, in Kirk's defense, the Thursday night game absolutely stinks every week. Yeah. Uh, you know, they do have some bad matchups. But still, I mean, if you're going to do it, it's the NFL, you know? I mean, do it. Do it and do it right. Chuck, let's see what Chuck said about us. He said, you and Neil Price should offer to work the Thursday night game without Michaels. Offer? Like, I'd pay to do it. They don't want me. But they got a lot of options. You know, but that it's just not a fit. I mean, it ain't a fit. It, it doesn't work. I don't know if they're getting a deal. Like, what it is. Amazon's getting a deal, putting them in there, doing that? I don't know. They're playing shorter. Swamp comments on the Murray West live thread says Fighting Okra versus Shorter University, 6 p.m. Saturday. So are they hosting them? Swamp Dog, are they hosting them? Here's an interesting question. Mark comments and says, uh, Does Will, talking about Will Rogers, have the ability to change the play at the line? It seems that he runs the play called even if the linebackers are going to bum rush the center. Well, yeah, I would think that he does. Now, I do remember, you know, even coming out of week one, wondering that, going, okay, I I would be curious to know, like, how much freedom he actually does have to check things at the line of scrimmage to, you know, either go from, bad run play to good run play, or even check and run to pass. There's a lot that goes into that and a lot that goes into being able to do it seamlessly because it's not just about him, right? It's it's fine if the quarterback can think of, spur of the moment, oh, man, here's a play I would love to call on the line of scrimmage that would work great against what they're doing. But then you have to have all the mechanisms in place and worked out and practiced in order to get it run, which is how do you alert everybody? You know, again, back in the old days, if you're checking at the line and you had that option, quarterback, a lot of times you'd go, easy, easy, and that told your lineman, hey, a check's coming. Don't be jumping. I'm about to give you a new play. Easy, easy. And then you would call your play verbally with, maybe a hand signal to the receivers, but depending on what the play was. And then you get in there and run it. Other stuff is check with me. You call two plays in the huddle. It's either this or it's either this. Check with me. Here we go. You get to the line and you know, if it's that way, it's an even number. This way, you know, so it's either like blue twenty-eight or, you know, or or colors. You know, blue is left, red is right. Red eighteen. So we run the one over here. You know, or whatever it is you call. But in terms of freely just getting into another play, you got to have ten other guys that immediately can hear what that quarterback's calling, immediately know what the adjustment is and what to do, and honestly. Like when I see a whole bunch of assignment errors and missed blocks and you know bad technique or wrong technique across just 50 plays it leads you to believe that they're not as an offense yet in a position where you can start changing a lot of stuff at the line. Which is a tough spot to be in. It really is. So pretty clear to me they did hit the reset button on that offense totally. All right. Stick around.
0: It's go time. Let's go. With a Matt Wyatt Show. Ready to talk sports the Mississippi way with you. So get in on the conversation and tell him what you think.
1: All right, back with you in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Staying connected because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. CSpire, customer inspired. Check them out at cspire.com. Feel free to text, comment. we got some time left here together on this Thursday. really do appreciate you all tuning in, being a part of the show. Love seeing all the comments and texts. We even got a phone call today from Gator Greg. Uh, on the Murray West live thread, Sven says, if Coach Barbet does not open up the playbook this week, we have the wrong OC. If not against South Carolina, against who else will you do it? Well, Sven, you know, that's a conventional thought. I will tell you, I, I'll give you something else to think about, though, A different, a different way to think about it. What's the what would be the point of doing more things if you didn't do any of them well? You know, the the way that I look at it, I guess there is a happy medium between as an offensive coach always having an aggressive tendency and sort of a positive glass half full aggressive tendency offensive tendency but at the same time holding on to an understanding of look whatever we do we got to do something well meaning without mistakes and do it consistently like you got 11 guys and let's just say Sven if you took the most basic football play you could come up with let's just say you know you know an inside zone run to the right that That is no read, nothing. It's just, I'm going to take it and I'm going to give it right here, and we're running inside zone right over here behind right guard. So zone blocking to the right, you know, that I hold the backside, or maybe we even cut him off with an extra blocker and we just give it inside. So 11 guys. So let's say that most basic play. The question would be this for me as an offensive coordinator, for you, if you were the head coach or whatever, would be this. Hey, This play right here, okay? So this play. How many times can we call this and run it from an assignment standpoint, run it perfectly over and over and over again, no matter what that defense lines up in? How many times can we call that and run that perfectly without any mental errors, without any uh, missed assignments? It's one thing if... Let's say i got a tight end over here blocking who's a freshman, and somebody's got a first round, future first-round defensive end, and I'm in the right place, and I hit him, but, boy, he just knocks me back because he's stronger and better than me. That's one thing. It's another thing if I'm supposed to be there blocking him, but I ain't there. I went the wrong way. I stepped up in the wrong gap. I'm supposed to put my helmet on his outside shoulder, but I go to the inside. You know, these types of technique things. I'm saying from a technique standpoint – we get every, all 11 guys doing what they're supposed to do on this play how many times? Because if you can't, if I, if I got a play here that I like as a play caller, that I'm thinking if we run this perfectly, it's going to work. But if I call it, and every time the defense does a little something different, we mess it up. We don't have eleven guys in the right spot. We got ten, so we got two guys who are not doing what they're supposed to do. And then two plays later, we run it again, and now it's another guy. It's a different guy now who he messes up and went to the wrong play. Well, the point the point that I'm getting at is when when coaches have say an offensive unit that have, they have coached and the, they have played themselves sort of into a funk, so to speak. And then they give us answers in a press conference about consistency and execution. What we do as fans, we go, if I have to hear more coach speak on this, he is not saying what I want to hear. I want him to say, we're going to open up the playbook and show them some stuff they never seen. We're going to air this sucker out this weekend. Here it goes, bombs away. (laughs) Well, you may want to hear that. But look, there's just no truth in it. Because the point is based on what I saw the other day, now I'm going to make a statement. LSU is very good and they're very highly recruiting everything. I'm going to make a statement. State's problems in that game offensively were more of the mental variety than the physical ones. They had state had less instances of individuals just physically getting dominated than they had instances of individuals in a wrong place at the wrong time, stepping in the wrong direction, pulling the wrong way. So if that's where you are from an assignment standpoint, I don't know how you can justifiably look at it and go, hey, We don't know how to run all these plays we've been running. Let's run some more plays. (laughs) You see what I mean? I would, uh, even as a player, but, you know, frankly, like as a coach, I would almost be like scratching my head going, you know what? I'll tell you one thing. We may go in there with with the smallest play sheet we've had in a long time, but by George, it'll be five to ten plays that we know how to run. That if I call them, no matter how they line up, I got five linemen know who to hit and don't have to look around and wonder. You got a whole lot better chance, even if they know what's coming, you got a whole lot better chance (laughs) of making three and a half yards by knowing what to do than calling a bunch of stuff and you confuse the defense, show them something they had not seen, but we can't run it consistently enough. See, that's on us. I'll give you another example, Sven. 2007, y'all remember this game, I guarantee you. In 2007, State went to Auburn and beat them in Auburn. Coach Kroon was a coach. I, I don't know why I've remembered this. Remember Derek Pegues had a had a good day that day. Seems like he had a pick six. May have had a couple of interceptions in that game. State had uh, Christian Ducree, and it seems like Anthony Dixon was, yeah, on, I was 17, two big running backs. And they went in there, and they started the game with a quarterback named Michael Hennig who got hurt towards the beginning of that game. He's out. So then they put the backup quarterback in, and he was a guy named Riddle. His last name was Riddle. And a few plays into him being in the game, the backup, he got hurt. I think he tore his knee up. And so they had no choice but to go to a true freshman quarterback in that game named Wesley Carroll. Well, in that game, when Carroll came into the game, all of a sudden the offense began to run the ball with authority. Prior to Wesley Carroll. Now, Wesley Carroll, all he's doing is handing the ball off. He's not blocking. He wasn't even running. He's just handing it off. But something about him being in the game, they started blocking people and running the ball successfully. And they couldn't do it prior to that. Well, what was happening was this. That offense under Woody McCorby Sylvester Croom had a lot of, quote, check with me in it. A lot of it. And with an experienced older quarterback who could handle all that, they were just more experienced, he'd go in a huddle, he'd call two plays. And the offensive line, here's in the huddle, two plays. Okay, it's either going to be this one or that one. So they were going to the line of scrimmage thinking, and didn't know what they were going to run until they heard the quarterback say it while they were in their stands. They were thinking about what to do. But when Carroll had to go in as a true freshman, they couldn't do check with me with him. They had to call one play, and they had to run that one play no matter what the defense lined up in. Even if they lined up in something they shouldn't have run it against, there's no check with me. So there was no thinking. they get in a huddle, call one play. So when they said, break, every offensive lineman knew what they were doing. There was no thinking. They put their hand down, and they began to fire off and hit people and play football. No thinking. No trying to be perfect. No, get in the right spot and drive somebody down the field. They started having a little fun, a little confidence, because they weren't thinking. They were just hitting. So by calling one play, And forget the check-with-me stuff. Even if they got more people here and we can block, let's block them anyway. Have a little fun with it. See what happens. They began to run it down their throat. You are, any offense is better off, you get in a bad spot, any offense is better off figuring out what is it we can execute. And it may be a smaller number of things than people would like to see, but doggone, I'd rather run something right several times than to run several plays wrong. And that's where State's offense was the other day against LSU. All right. I'm Matt in the Bureau. That'll wrap it up for today. We'll do it again tomorrow, same time. For Beaver and all of us here on the show, I'm Matt. We'll see you then. In the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau. Go! With the home team. See you then. See ya!